It's the Crown Jewel the great aka king of the hustle another episode of crown jewels podcast and um we're one person short shout out to nicole hope you get well soon but in the meantime man i got an illustrious guest in here my boy max million what's going on what's going on fam? i appreciate you coming through man i've been bumping for nothing but that insecure in the ride man thank you go so hard so hard i was shocked man i ain't gonna lie to you man because i don't i haven't really had an opportunity to uh, interview many artists. Mm-hmm. Usually, when I listen to younger artists, it's, it's really trap driven, mm-hmm. and you're not that man. It's you, you, you're a breath of fresh air. Thank you, bro. So yeah, yeah I, nah, thank you. I appreciate that. But man, go ahead and tell me about yourself, man. Well, my name is Maximilian. You know, I come from uh, Dunkerville, Texas, and uh, you know, I've been here in Texas for about I think like eleven or twelve years. Just like being in the South, I've always been influenced. To like do music, that's what the South is. Yeah, definitely. Who was your influence like coming up? You know what I'm saying as far as music. Well, my early influences are people like you know, Fifty Cent, uh, Eminem. So I came around that that era of like 2005. Yeah. To where you had like the game Fifty Cent, yeah. Eminem, and just hearing early Slim Shady, you know, like uh, Am I a Doctor? Like hearing stuff like that that really influenced my flow. And then you fast forward to 2013, 2012, when I first heard Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City. And I was like, God damn, who is this person? You know, and then grown Simba, J. Cole, you know, like hip hop at its finest. So, yeah. Yeah, I like that, man. So, that definitely, listening to who you said were some of your influence, I can definitely hear that in your style. You said you've been here about 11 years? Yeah. Where, Where are you from originally? Detroit, Michigan. Okay. Okay, Mid, you know, the Midwest, we got a little connection, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. Where you come from, brother? St. Louis. St. Oh, Louis, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I dig that, yeah. So what, where are we headed to next, man? Like, what's the what's the new project coming up? Well, I have a new project called 914 Duncanville, and uh, this is my first freshman, freshman album. But, you know, the way I'm listening to it, like, the way the concepts is going, the way the uh, intro, interludes and intros are going, it's like, damn, for a freshman album... I'm sitting back and I'm like, I've outworked myself. Yeah. Like, I don't think I can get better than this, but I know I can. Oh, yeah. You're going to do it, man. So, yeah. What was the influence behind the Insecure? Well, when I first created Insecure, it was with, shout out to Maria B., but it was with uh, my homegirl, Maria B. And, um, you know, he was just sitting down one day and we was like, man, what song can we make that we feel right now? Because music is almost like an emotion. Yeah. So we was like, what can we do to express how we feel right now? And uh, she sent me a beat. I was like, oh, that shit hard. And I was like, okay, so what you want to talk about? She was like, depression. And I was like, okay. And I just wrote my first verse. And a lot of people are like, bro, you stole that shit from Kendrick. Or, bro, that sound like Kendrick. You know, I was on the toilet when I wrote that damn verse. <laughs> so I ain't. Hey, man, I said, that's man. where the best influence right. comes from. <laughs> <laughs> right. I ain't steal shit from nobody, man. You yeah. know, I seriously thought about that verse. And when I put time and energy behind that verse, Looking to the mirror, looking to your eyes, like I said, I was in the bathroom. So, <laughs> so I put some some thought behind it. And when we talked about the subject depression, that's where insecure came from. You know, and yeah. the rest was history. Okay. So, so yeah. yeah, like I said, man, I, I, when I put it on, like no mm-hmm. trap beat, 
The uh, instrumental of it was super dope. Mm-hmm. Maria B like the vocals like crazy. Bro, you know what I'm saying? Very so, smooth. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it really sound like next level. Yeah. So I know you got the labels calling, man. Yeah, man. I actually had a couple of labels. Like uh, one label called Grand Jury Records. They reached out to me from California. But, you know, in today's era of entrepreneurship, every time a person say they're an entrepreneur, that just means they have no job. Right. So <laughs> when this individual reached out to me and told me straight up, hey, man, we got a label and it's called Grand Jury Records and we'd like to sign you. I was like, OK, cool. So where's your confidentiality at? Where's your representation? Right. Man, we don't got that, but we got this $2.5 million studio. They words. We got this $2.5 million studio, bro. Uh, Come out here. You know, we can get you set up. I was like, nah, I'm good, bro. And then I was asking them, where's your social media? Do you have any social media platform? The Negro hung up in my face. I said, (laughs) from that right there alone, I don't don't need your signature. I don't need your label. You know what I'm saying? Because no matter how much money you give a person, respect and disrespect is something that's taught at a young age before you get money. Facts. And then <clears throat> um, there was another label called uh, Cleopatra Records that had reached out to me. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to throw no dirt on their name because opportunity is still opportunity. And right. we have to give condolence to people who give you opportunity. It's just the opportunity that they gave me was not the opportunity I was looking for. And, uh, you know, they offered me about $3,000 to uh, sign for a 15-year deal. Yeah. And... Every time I told that to somebody, even when I first heard that, I was like, what the hell? Like, yeah, yeah. What can you do with $3,000? Right. The most you can do with that is buy a car. Right. You can't even get on. The, the most it costs to get on the radio station out in 97.9 a beat is 2000 Yeah. So the other 1000 what, what I'm going to do with that, man? <laughs> man, can't do nothing. Get something to eat. Some KFC right. or something, man. Right. Mm-hmm. Some as nasty as KFC. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, yeah. Speaking of artists, man, who, who like your top five right now? Oh, uh, man. Uh, J. Cole, my first favorite artist. Okay. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, Big Crit. Shout out to Crit, man. A lot of people don't That's give Crit. Dude. Yeah, they don't give him uh, the condolence that he deserves. Nipsey Hussle has become one of my new favorite rappers. Yes. I really mess with Nipsey. And then uh, the fifth one, that's hard. I'm depending on either saying Logic or uh, who? Logic or uh, Dave East. I okay. really mess with Dave East. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. You think Logic get enough credit? I mean, he no money wise, I, I'm, I'm sure he's good, but I, I think sometimes like he don't get taken as serious as he could. Well, from the hip hop, from the community hip hop, a yeah. lot of people think he's corny. Yeah, because Logic's always somewhere talking about you know I'm black and I'm white, you know I'm biracial, yeah. and no no disrespect to Logic, you know it's just a lot of people they hear that and like dude, like when you gonna stop saying that? Right. But I don't I don't think that about him. I just think you know he's really trying to tell people straight up this is what I am. I mean, this is what I read. Yeah, so I fuck with Logic that. Heavy, bro. Yeah. What song of his would you recommend to like show his best ability? Oh man, uh, probably if you want some old school Logic, man, you got to go back and listen to his Young Sinatra tapes, like Young Sinatra One, Young Sinatra Two. Yeah. And if you want like mainstream Logic, man, you got to listen to Under Pressure. Yeah, Under Pressure or either, uh, you know, I think it was Everybody, his album Everybody. Now, now, his new recent album that he just dropped, Bobby Tarantino, yeah. or uh, I think it's uh, not Bobby Tarantino, but Young Sinatra, man, that shit is hard. That okay. is hard. You got Wu-Tang up on there. You yeah. got, uh, who else, man? Jaden Smith up on there. So he really did his thing on his last album. Okay. Yeah. So with, with being in the music game and everything nowadays, how how important is your social media presence? Very important, man. If you leave social media for a week, 
Good luck. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it takes a minute to get that social media feedback up. Like, it's important to stay on top of your followers, to engage with your followers, you know, ask some questions. Your followers are your family. Yeah. I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't have fans. Those people right there, those are, that's my family right there, man. Like, what up, fam? You know what I'm saying? Those people right there, like, when I have people ask me questions or when they reach out to me, they genuinely want to get to know me. Yeah. And that's a person, that's a friend. You know what I'm saying? That's a lifelong commitment person. Yeah. Not a fan. You don't want niggas worshiping you. You want right. niggas who can relate to you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So social media, you have to be very relatable and you have to be also very present. If yeah. you're not present and if you're not relatable, you're just not going to get the type of outcome that you want to get. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. And tying that back into like the song Insecure, where it is about depression and you know uh, self worth and, and all of that, like how do you how do you separate time for you versus like the time into the social media as well? Because uh, I, I like basically with that, I mean like mm-hmm. you know social media can you got the trolls out there, everybody who right. can uh, it can really bog your your personality down. You know what I mean? Just you know your mental and everything. So how how do you balance that? Well, I mean, you know, in, in a verse, in Insecure, I actually said, you know, how much the Instagram you love, you know, but in reality, is no love. Your worth is not judged, but kind of your likes is off of your phone whenever you upload. Like, that is true because when you look at social media, a lot of people base their life or they base their daily basis on how much likes they can get off of a post. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, you know, the new metric for popularity is analytics. Yeah. You know, people... Who like you, people who fuck with you. Right. But that should not be the means of survival. That should not be the means of unpopular. Right. You have to like yourself first for people to like you. Oh, that's facts. That's and so facts. what I do is, um, I'm not going to lie, you know, I'm trying to get back into reading like I used to every single day. But I got books, man. I read a book called Nature Knows No Color. You know, I read a book called Willie Lynch, The Making of a Slave. Yeah. You know, I watch. Uh, and that's a wild one too right there. It is. Yeah. It really is. I watch, you know, documentary documentaries like. I watched a documentary about a private prison. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I educate myself because as a hip-hop artist, it's my job to communicate the social ills through an articulate way, yeah. through a way that seems f- flowable. And anytime I try to come off on something that's mainstream or something that's not true, that's where I know I'm losing myself. Yeah. You know, because you could still be mainstream and give a message. But if you ain't giving no messaging, mainstream, you 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 no different than a house nigga, man. Right, that's real talk. That's facts. You know what I'm saying? So what at what point in your career so far has it been where you felt like, I, right, I made it, or I'm on my way, or you know what I'm saying? What was that big moment for you? Um, well, shout out to Noah Centennial, man. He uh reposted me on Instagram, dude got like sixteen million followers. Yeah. But he had reposted me on Instagram and uh from his repost, like, all of those people came to me, bro. Like Almost 800 people came in, like, follow me. And I went from, like, 3,200 people to, like, 5,000 people in, yeah. uh, you know, in a span of two days. That's what's up. So I was like, shit, that's a lot of people. <laughs> so with the book, the Willie Lynch Project, what have you you felt like you've, you've learned or you've, you've applied to yourself or you've taken from that, from that book? That book is essential on just how you should think about situations just as, I wouldn't even just say as a black man, just as a man and just, of course, as a black man. Like, the book, The Willie Lynch, The Making of a Slave, um, in the beginning, it talked about the old slave being against the young slave and the light skin being against the dark skin. And when I was growing up in middle school, I was like, damn, 
this is unrealistic because it's like in middle school we had that complex of, oh, y'all, let's go fight the light-skinned dude or let's go fight the dark-skinned dude. And reading that on a book yeah. and to find out that that's something that was supposed to be repeated for almost 300 years, yeah. it shocks you. It, yeah, it does. That, that's one of the biggest things. Like when I read it back in the day, I read it a couple of years ago. And um, just, to, just to see how the things that we have normalized in society – you know what I'm saying? How it was actually programmed into us and right. has been carried out by generation to generation. Like even the fact of when they uh, demean the black man in front of the whole tribe. You know what I'm saying? Oh people, yeah, cutting yeah. his cutting his uh, testicles off, man. Yeah, and you just know, pretty much. Him. I mean, lowered his lowered his his um his standard or lowered who he was in front of everybody, embarrassed him. And then you look at like black men today, how our it's just like our, our status in the community is not as strong or not as respected, you know what I'm saying, as it, as it could be. Uh, also looking at the fact of how when you see um, mothers with their with they black boys, they kind of push their black women out there to, you know, be strong. You're going to be strong. I'm going to teach you this, this, and this. Girl, do and this. And they pacify the man. And they pacify the man. And, you know, that's that's. let me tell you, let me explain something on that. Because a lot of people, they have to read the, the book, With Lynch, Make Enough Slave, to understand the uh, psycholo- you know, the psychological warfare behind yeah. it. When, you know, brothers were on the plantations, um, one of the biggest things that they did was they would have the uh, female slaves pacify their sons and teach the sons, like, look, don't fuck with us. Don't yeah. mess up. Don't get ignorant. Or this is what, you- what I'm doing to your father is what I do to your son. Right. And so the women would go, you know what I'm saying, tell their son, no, don't be rebellious. Don't be, you know what I'm saying, don't do none of that. Yep. Relax, and they would teach you know the daughters to hey get up man you gotta be you gotta be strong you know you gotta be just like me, yep. Yep. and that mentality has perpetuated itself throughout the years. Now in the sixties, you know throughout nineteen thirty to nineteen sixty when there was a revolution going on, um, when you had uh, your Marcus Garvey's, your Malcolm X, you know your uh, your Martin Luthers, you had brothers who were standing up and who were reading of course and taking self knowledge for themselves and saying something ain't right. Yeah. But then you had two things come in <laughs> in the 70s, excuse me, the 80s. The 70s, you had J. Edgar Hoover. Yep. And in the 80s, you had this bullshit called crack. Yeah. Which messed up the black community to this day, man. Yeah, that's, that's facts, man. Just looking at, like, because I've been having the opportunity to kind of go back, look at, like, old uh, Soul Train episodes and uh, just kind of, like, looking at in, in the 60s, early 70s, how proud like black people were, right. you know, and they had a, a whole movement. Like it was, it was the Afro, everything, you know, right. just standing strong, chanting, being together, being a community. And then it was just, just like a snap of, of some fingers. It it was gone. You know what I'm saying? And like that whole sense of what was built uh, in the, in the sixties, early seventies, it's like non-existent to this day. Like it kills me sometimes when I talk to like younger kids and they'd be like, I'm not black, I'm brown. And that's dumb because it's like, <clears throat> Let me tell you something, man. Like, at the end of the day, I am going to agree when they say I'm not black. Black is a color. Yeah. Now, what you do have to accept is your heritage, right. where you come from. And I like how artists like J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar and even we can say, for example, Miguel, you know, are embracing their roots of their hair. Like, you know, I'm growing my hair out. This is the longest I've ever had my hair, you know. Yeah. And I've all, I've, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but the reason I've been growing it out is just... You feel new. You feel like, you know, you don't have 
to be pressed and dressed and groomed. I think right. that groom mentality is an American society mentality. That's not a you know cultural th- right, or, right. or a black cultural thing. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with having a nice shaved, clean beard, or nothing wrong with having you know oil in your scalp. But you mean to tell me you got to get a hairline every two weeks or every right. week? <laughs> you mean to tell me right. you got to be no beard every week, man? Right. That's that's. That's something about that, man. Yeah, that's that's deep though. It's just um, it's crazy how a lot of things like you know recycle themselves through our, our culture. But I'm still waiting for you know saying that resurgence of that that proud African. You know what I'm saying? That proud pan pan African or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So waiting on that definitely. Look at Cole, man. He's doing it. Shout out to J. Cole, man. Cole is doing it. He he ain't had a, fr- a fresh cut in a long ass time, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, Cole ain't have an edge up in a minute, man. <laughs> well, you know what? Nah, it wasn't an edge up. You know, he ain't have a, sh- a fresh cut. But I wonder what he'll do with his hair. Like, I really do yeah. wonder what he'll do with his hair. Cause it's, it's like him now. It became right. him. Like, so, but yeah, he, he, like, he, he cold, though, man. We was talking about Cole before we uh, started. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, we were. Uh, just his impression onto new uh, hip-hop, you know what I'm saying, and how he's kind of becoming that that go-to guy, I feel like. I feel like he he's the connection of hip-hop right now. I feel like he's the Nas of today's era. Like, when you I look at Nas, Nas of the previous generation was so educated. Nas was before his time, man. When he dropped uh, yeah. the, uh, I forgot what, what the first LP was called, the, uh, Illmatic. Illmatic yeah. When he dropped Illmatic, man, like, I listened to the project entirely for the first time, like, uh, three months ago, and I was like, wow, this dude yeah. was ahead of his time. Knowledge on knowledge. And then what he was talking about has substance to it. Yeah, You know, you can tell when a hip-hop artist has substance to their craft. Yeah. From Rakim to even, you know, uh, people clown Will Smith. Will Smith was a great artist. Yeah. Just because he didn't curse doesn't mean he wasn't yeah. a great artist. You know, to, uh, like we say, Nasir, Mr. Nasir. Yeah, Nas was a beast, man. I feel like he did definitely get – like, we know he a great, but then we kind of underrate him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But, mm-hmm. like, he he one of the greats. But it's like, man, I, I used to hear, like, a lot of people say Nas used boring beats. You know what I'm saying? On his tra- Like, when he rapped. And, they say the same thing about Cole. Yeah, yeah they do. Right. <laughs> they say the same thing about Cole. They say it's boring. And you have to ask yourself, like, what is boring? Yeah. Because you can't dance. Right. <laughs> you, mean, you mean tell me it's boring because you can't twerk? Right, right. Come on now. You can't yeah. twerk all the time, Thot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man. So how how you deal with that as far as, like, your, your writing process? I mean, I know, like, it's a lot of artists coming out and they just doing what's popular. You know what I'm saying? So how like how do you maintain, like, just being original and keep it, staying inspired when you write? Well, the, when I look at it, the way I look at it, in any field that you go into, any career path that you go into, the world is going to always be like high school. No matter how much you try to escape high school, yeah. the world is always going to be like high school. Here's a reason. You know, high school was a group of people who set the standard for what's cool. And I feel like the people who set the standard for what's cool always got the respect, right? Right. When you look at hip-hop, before what was cool was telling the truth, you know, being honest, Talking about re- relatability, but as hip hop began to become marginalized and you know uh, bought out, what's cool became killing your own kind, selling crack to your own kind. Yeah. So I've always been a person not to follow what's cool. You know, I like to speak my mind. Now, I believe there's a such thing as followers and leaders. Yeah. And a leader can make what's cool. A follower would just follow any damn thing you show them, man, and that's that's weak. Yeah, I feel that. That's weak. You want to follow a trend to get to get a little bit of clout to get yeah. famous? Why not become a legend or even an icon? Then, you know what I'm saying, overnight sensation. 
So that, that's like I was listening to uh, another podcast earlier today, and they had a list of people who should be canceled in the culture. You know what I'm saying? Following like the Gucci canceled, and uh, Future came up. Really? Now, you, yeah, Future came up because they said, and and I they had big they had some good points about it. So basically, have you heard about the fact that Future didn't had some interviews lately where he said that um, he used to he used to drink lean, pop mm-hmm. pills, and all of that. And he decided to get clean because it just wasn't a lifestyle for him anymore. He wasn't feeling healthy about it anymore. But he didn't change the style of music. He kept preaching, use lean, uh, pop pills. This is what I'm doing in my music. Even though he was clean and he knew it wasn't good anymore, but he kept selling it to his consumers instead of telling them to get clean with me or whatever. He said that he was nervous about telling his fans that he was clean because he would lose you know, his fan base. Well, I think... To my my personal opinion, I think that's fake because, you know, I do like Future. I respect his music. But at the same time, it's like you got to be authentic, man. You got to be true and tell people when you're not messing with something. If you know for a fact that your music has control over a potential amount of masses, when that dude becomes 40 and he sits back and says, damn, how many people have I got killed? How many people have I got locked up? It's going to hit him. And so I'm only 19. If I know for the fact that my music, I can see the analytics of who my music is touching. You know, my music touches 18, no, I didn't mean to say it like that, but my, my music <laughs> helps 18. It reaches 18 year olds to 37 year old people, man. Yeah. That's almost across that border of 40. Yeah. If that type of message can touch an older person, 40 to 37 years yeah. old, <laughs> you know, it's, it's good to. To know that you have substance. And that's what we were talking about earlier, substance. And so when you think about future, <laughs> I mean, future dope, but man, where's the substance at, man? And, that, and that's true. That's the sad thing. Like I said, when I listened to your music, I was, I was impressed because, <clears throat> man, so over the years, man, like I feel like hip hop is taking some hits. And I, I'm not here to bash anybody's music or, or their free their free range of creativity, you know what I'm saying? Do what you feel. But it's it's starting to get to a point where it's so many carbon copies of other artists out here preaching the same thing. And and me me growing as a man, it's unrelatable for me anymore. You know right. what I mean? I'm not like I'm I'm not doing drugs. I'm not sipping lean. I'm not popping pills. I'm not uh smashing somebody else chick. I'm not, you know right. what I'm saying? Like so these things are like non relatable, which then it puts me in a in a weird situation with hip hop, which I love hip hop. I, I I was raised right. off hip hop, but it puts me in a situation where I disconnect with hip hop. Well you gotta ask yourself, there's always an agenda to a higher a higher uh motive. Yeah. And so it's like who are the people putting money behind these Negroes to say this stupid shit? It's big facts. Yeah. And you have to sit back and think, okay, well I know even Tupac said it. You know, we Tupac said himself, we, we don't have the, the, the manpower to have guns like that in our community. We, right. don't, we don't have the money. So when you look at these record labels who are owned by Jewish people, you know, when they come and offer a brother who, like myself, you know, I'm, I have I'm, I'm, I have a couple of tickets I got to pay for. When they come and offer a brother like me, hey, man, I'll give you $30,000, $40,000, to come sign with me. Yeah. Man, we're not thinking twice. Yeah. We sign it. Now, me particularly, I'm not signing, but you know, you got brothers who are signing for that type of money because right. that's their scapegoat. But they don't see what they have to do to get that money. They don't see that you got to make a song about bitches and hoes and yeah. how much lean uh, zannies you can pop. Yeah. They don't yeah. get that you got to make so many songs about, you know, disrespect and ignorance. And by the time they realize that, man, their money is fat. 
Yeah. But they, they, they leverage of how many people they didn't got hurt and killed is even longer. And, and like I said, I, I can totally relate. I ain't, I ain't here to, you know, shoot the young guys or nothing loud like that because when I was a young guy, I like crazy music right. too, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't going to say it's crazy, but, but in my in my day coming up, a young t- a teenage guy, we had crunk music, which right. was just stupid, you know what I'm saying? And it right. was just crazy, have fun, wilding, whatever. And like we had Jay-Z was out still, mm-hmm. but I, I couldn't relate to Jay-Z because I was like, man, what is he talking about? This is boring. <laughs> and it wasn't boring. It was just like my ears hadn't matured yet. You know what I mean? My my sound waves hadn't matured. So getting older, I like Jay-Z. You know right. what I'm saying? Like he's saying stuff that I'm like, okay, this is this is what I'm trying to obtain. I'm trying to get there. But, you know, back in the day, I was just like, man, I ain't listening to that. Like, you know what I mean? And that's the motive. That's what they want people to think, man. Like, you know, I listened to a song by uh, Lil Baby and uh, Yo Gotti. It's called Put a Date on It. Yeah. And that shit go hard. It do. But it's like, you know, uh, what they were talking about in the song, when I was driving here, I was like, damn. Like, I don't relate to none of that. Yeah. And I would hate to go through some of that stuff they're talking about. Like, yeah. you know, Lil Baby was talking about some gruesome shit, you know, on a record. And it's yeah. like, a record is a is almost like hypnotizing somebody. If you say something over and over and repeat it in your mind, you eventually start doing it. Yeah. So when you say, nigga, put a date on it, like, nah, you walking around angry. Yeah. Somebody bumping to you, nigga, put a date on it. Like, come, on, <laughs> come on now, bro. Like, yeah. that's power music. And, that, and that's the thing that's crazy, too. I think when I was young, we had we had younger artists as well that was yeah. in our bracket for the youth. You know yeah. what I mean? Before They was like the pre-buffer before you got to the hard shit. You know what I'm saying? So we had, like, in my day when I was young, we had crisscross. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think probably probably in your era they probably had Bow Wow that was really turning it up around the early two thousands or whatever. But it's no it's no more buffer. It's like as soon as you start listening to music, you going right into the shit. Like you hearing everything. It's no you know what I'm saying? Like we used to have like uh underage type of concerts, like, you know, they had Scream Tour back in the early two thousands. You know, you got the Scream Tour and they had Bow Wow and and B two gay, well, yeah. not B two gay. My bad, that's lit. B two K or whatever, yeah. you know. But yeah. you know they had like a lot of little young groups. You know, like I said, it's the pre buffer. It's like yeah, listen to Little Romeo, Little mm-hmm. Bow Wow, and then you know, then you got to Master P or whatever. But yeah. now you just dive right in. Like I hear little kids, they like yeah, Takashi, my favorite artist. They ten, you know what I mean? There's no, it's no youthful music. It's no. The substance stuff is being buried. Like I, I like Crit. Crit, one of my favorite uh, artists. Even though it's like Crit just don't get that break to be, you know, what I'm saying uh, a, a mainstream. He still stay underground, but Crit like super dope. And what he talking about, I can relate to. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But it's just going hurt, man. It's just kind of crazy. Like mm-hmm. the the control of the music game, you know. Well, when you think about Big Crit as well, like uh, Big Crit himself has always been a pioneer of. Being a J. Cole of the South. And I can't say J. Cole is not from the South because he's from Carolina. Yeah, Shout out. Yeah. But, you know, Big Crit is essentially what J. Cole would have been if he would have never went to New York. Yeah. You know, now Crit can spit his ass off. It's just, I'm be honest, you can't, even Crit said it himself, you can't understand some stuff that he be saying sometimes because it's just that, that heavy country accent. Yeah. But, you know, Crit, he has potency behind what he be saying. Crit, crit dope, man. Like, I'm, like, I grew up in a young, I, when I grew up listening to, we listened to a lot of OG artists, uh, a lot of OG groups, like, uh, my favorite, my, my top three favorite groups all the time, all from the South. UGK. But it's UGK. Right. Um, A-Ball MJG, because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm from the Midwest, so we, we kind of touch with Memphis right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Outkast. And, and if, man. and if you take time and you really think about it, 
if you if you push them all together, mm. like what would come from them is Crit. Crit right. has a little bit. He he's he kind of resembles a little bit of them um, them all put together, and yeah, that's why Crit's super dope. Yeah, I think nobody on Crit's level, man. When it comes to the South, if you think about three artists who are running the game right now, if I had to say three artists from three different regions, I'd say Crit from the South, Kendrick from the West. And Cole from New York. Man, Crip, can you, Cole can you picture New that York. album though? I could picture it. it'd be a fire album. Man, and I know. Like we already <laughs> we already know on on the Dreamville session that they got coming out. We know that uh, Big Crit was on the album. Yeah. So I can't wait to see him on a, on a track with Cole, man. Yeah, that'd be a crazy album, man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so you know, um, but yeah, the game just the game just kind of changed or whatever. But um, I, I mess with Crit. I, I like Cole. I like Kendrick. I was telling you about my other guy um, before we started recording as well. Saha the Prince, man, you got to check Saha out. Like Saha, super dope, man. Uh, like underrated, doesn't get enough credit, mm-hmm. but lyrical ability is stupid, man. Like I, I don't really know too many people who could go against Saha. I've never heard of Sai. I have to do my homework and look on the brother, man. But yeah. I don't want to disrespect him like that and say I ain't heard him because, you know, I, it's important to me to look him he up. A, he a underground. He kind of one of those underground guys, man. Okay. He, he's been next to a lot of mainstream people, mm-hmm. but he's never had that opportunity to really stand out and, and step out. He like from Atlanta, but um, he um, like I said, got signed to Good Music and okay. kind of just been a writer underneath Good Music, and then he stepped away from Good Music. And I think he did like a little diss track to Kanye called like Elephant in the Room. But really? for some reason they stay back cool again. But you know what I'm saying? He he one of the ones that's real, real underrated that don't get enough uh shine and he's super worth it. Like if you if you get an opportunity, check him out on uh, YouTube. He did uh he did he went to New York and did a bunch of freestyle. So it's Sway got one. Um I think Funk Flex got one. Mm-hmm. And I think he did one at the Breakfast Club, but like he a monster. Man, that's one thing about these hip hop artists. Like, I feel like if a hip hop artist really got the respect and promotion that they need, you know, J Cole said at one time he said, "You gotta let the you, the, you gotta let the young niggas in, man." Yeah. And that's true. You know, if hip hop artists really got the promotion that they need and the the right team behind them, you see a lot of people successful in hip hop. Oh yeah, definitely. But when a person signs a person to hip hop, the one thing that they're looking for is not to get that person. Big. Sometimes they're looking for how can I exploit this person to my yeah. to my means. Let me you know let me saying? ask you also. Well, like I mean, we talked about social media. We talked about um, labels and everything. Do you do you feel like that uh, at this time, like um, it's even necessary to sign to a major anymore? Like me with, with us being able to connect directly to your consumer? Not really, man. For me, um, I feel like hip hop is. Giving you the ability, social media and hip hop is giving you the ability to not be able to like go to a label, you yeah. know, especially Instagram. If you want to add promotion on Instagram, you don't really need a label anymore. You know, you don't really need um, somebody to fund you because all it is, all a label is, is an overly priced loan. Yeah, <laughs> real time. You know, you can go to you can go to um, a venture capitalist, which is something I'm trying to do. You know, or even an investor and tell them, hey, look, um, I'd want to get a loan. Because this is the project I had. And if you invest invest in me for like two or three years, I give you 10% of everything I make. Yeah. That's a great deal. Yeah. You know, some people may argue and bear the difference, but if you make a million dollars, they only get 100000 Yeah. You keep 900000 Yeah. Now that's Come dope. on now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's what I've been noticing. Like, you know, like with, with you 
with the internet especially just popping like it is, you just you go straight to consumer. Yeah. And it's, it seems like it, it's working for a lot of the artists coming up. I mean, for me, it's just uh, a lot of, for a local artist like me out here in Dallas, what my thing has been is networking. Networking is what really gets your name out, yeah. you know. Being on the Crown Jewels podcast, shout out to you, bro. Like, right on, bro. Being sure. on here, man, it's going to give me the opportunity to touch base to even two or three people and be like, oh, Max Man, yeah, that guy's on there. It helps. Yeah. It really does help. Networking helps a lot, you know. So a lot of people don't take advantage of it. I feel it. Yeah. So, like, I mean, since being in Dallas myself, you know what I mean? It's like networking is the key, man. Like, just getting out, shaking hands, kissing babies. Well, not kissing no babies, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Better be careful with the, the grown people and kids' interactions. Mm-hmm. But, man. you know, but yeah, like, networking is super important. Um, like, who who are some of the key people you've been networking with since you've been here? Oh, man. I've talked to Jay Cruz from 979 Beat at an interview over there. Um, I've talked to. Uh, a guy named Lawrence from Action Center is uh-huh. a good friend I can call to this day. You know, he's helped me out so much yeah. with my career. And then the final person would have to be Becky the Poet. Like, Becky the Poet went yeah, beyond. Yeah, she is the plug, man. Shout out to Becky, man. She's <laughs> went beyond just helping me get on um, the podcast. She's helped me get on shows, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Promoting my music. Like, she, she's a GOAT. A lot of people don't give her the credit that she deserves. Yeah. So she's a GOAT. Yeah, Becky make moves, man. Straight she up. She do, man. So what you got next for us, man? What's coming up? What's, what's next I, shows? What what you got? I got a new single called uh, Lord Pray For Me. I'm dropping this uh, Saturday on the 23rd. And uh, hopefully after I drop that single, um, if things look nice, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to have the album ready by then. Then I drop one more single and we'll release the album in May. Okay. So yeah. Full album or are you going full EP? Full album. Okay. Going full album. Straight 16 up. tracks, man. All right. Yeah. So how you pick the, like, the tracks you want to go with? I wrote over 27 songs, and out of 27 songs, I chose which ones I thought would fit the concept of the album. Yeah. And, you know, it was originally 10. And the more I just kept listening to some of the songs, I was like, oh, this this sounds dope. And I just put it on. So, yeah. 16. That's hot, man. Yeah, I'm definitely confident. Put me down for two Thank of them you, joints, bro. man. You Thank you, man. Uh, any shows coming up? Um, At the moment, I mean, uh, me and Becky the Poet are talking about something, but nothing so far. Okay. Man, you definitely got to keep me in touch, man, with anything going down, man. I, I love to post it on the website, um, post it on the Instagram. Thank you, brother. I mean, even if it's just something random, tag me in it. For sure, I'll put it up. You know what I'm saying? Definitely show the support and make sure get people out there, you know, get it circulating. What I want to do as well, I mean, I ain't never did this on the podcast before, but I definitely want to drop your song, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, coming up next, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. put it on there like we in a mixed lives so, of yeah, you know what I'm going to do that. So, um, other than that, man, we're going to go ahead and close out, man. It's a successful show, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate my boy Max coming through the building. Um, hey, we over here at Crown Jewels. I, always, I mean, we over here at Wolf Nation. My bad. <laughs> I, just, I took over real quick. You know what I mean? <laughs> we over at Wolf Nation, though, showing big love, you know what I'm saying, to Kayla and Dennis. So, we appreciate y'all for having us. And uh, we're about to go ahead and close out. Uh, more information on my guy, Max Million, man. Go over to uh, our page at... Uh, Crown Jewels Podcast, or just go to crownjewelspodcast.com. You'll be able to get to all our links, you know what I'm saying, from that directly. Uh, if you want, I want Max to go ahead and drop all your handles, you know, and how they yeah. can reach you and contact you. Definitely. You can follow me on Instagram at official Max Million. That's official Max Million, all one word. And then, of course, you can look me up on YouTube in the same manica, official Max Million. You can find my content at www.princeofaking.com as well. 
Alright, thanks, man. Well, I appreciate you again, man, for coming out. Thank you, man. It's all love, man. Thank you. Alright, we out. Bye. Don't be so insecure. You are everything and more. You shine so bright. I know that everything will be alright. Look into the mirror. Uh, look into your eyes. Hey, see the art of greatness. Uh, in the image of God, everybody wanna fit in where they don't belong. Truthfully faking it, they be the fraud. Mentally stable but morally off. Everybody wanna be the king of the cross. Know how much a dollar costs for your soul. How much the Louis Prada you own. How much the inhibition see insecurity running straight through your blood. How much the Instagram you love. But in reality, is no love. Your worth is not judged by counting your likes. It's all for your phone whenever you upload. Hey, thank for a minute. Thank for a minute. Thank for a minute. You're a daughter of a queen or a prince of a king like prince of a king Coming to America, ayy, not the same, they try to twist the angle Not a slave, you is the chosen people Royalty is in your DNA through Yashua is on your side of savior Cause insecurities will him away, but whenever I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling in danger I know your grace, I know your spirit's faithful, demonic ways But I got holy angels, not a saint My grandma used to make me give him praise Whenever I ate my bagel, count the days until I meet my maker Until that day, my insecurity Don't stay strong be so insecure You are you shine so bright I know that everything will be alright Yeah, be so insecure You are everything and more You shine so bright I know that everything will be alright Dry your eyes, don't let them see you broken it's alright, just know that you are chosen Just know to keep your head up I know that you are fed up, yeah People say things to knock you down But they ain't nothing but some clowns I pray to God every night I hope to get myself it right I gotta build up my pride I gotta be strong I'd rather do this on my own Rather do this on my own Rather do this on my own On my own Don't be so insecure You are everything in me You shine so bright how much is the cost of freedom how much is the cost of abdicating hatred through a nation who don't see it equal who don't see the value of uniqueness born to be a golden royalty inside a rut that's formulated a cheap shit my soul was purchased with a price so any demons can't lease that anybody want to know what it's like to sell your soul in this music life I ain't even talking about sacrifice, just when you know you can't sleep at night. Filled with patience and dedication and hoping that they will spare the time. Filled with anger, exhausteration when they can't reciprocate the likes. Everybody wanna be noticed, keep focused, only me and I. How much is the price of your soul again? And what is the purpose of your existence? And why does your validation and self-worth formed off of their opinions? Just to keep it realer, insecurities come from broken wishes. Max.